0: Devin and Morgana have been celebrating midlife love by getting married a hundred times in a hundred countries. They believe grown-up love gets better and more fun, especially for women. Everyone's smarter, wiser, men are more relationship-ready, and if they're not, it's obvious. Forget anything you were told about being too old or too late for love and adventure. Instead, get fresh new tips on dating, relating, and travel to exotic destinations. And best of all, call in for personal guidance, creating crazy, sexy, midlife love in your life.
1: Hello, welcome to Crazy, Sexy, Midlife Love. My name is Morgana. This is my husband, Devin. We've been married 25 times, working on 100, waiting, waiting, waiting for it to open up so that we can travel to all the places that we want to. It's kind of frustrating. We just got our second shots, yay, and now I'm like just ready to jump on a plane. And most of the countries that I'm checking out, not yet. But we can see we can see the finish line.
2: I think Iceland just opened today Um, and more will just follow suit. I mean, I think across the board, numbers are going down. So that's a good sign.
1: Yeah. Uh, And if you're listening in the U.S., I know that a lot was closed to us. But I think as our vaccination numbers are just so good that it's going to get easier. Um, And if you're in a rough part of the country, just stay safe. Outlive this um, because things are getting better. And I think that's really what today's show is about is uh, things are waking up. And that's exciting. I've been uh, interviewing a lot of plant candidates in the last week or two. Uh, Because I've been sort of waking up and people are making plans. It's been sort of a long, cold, lonely winter in the words of George Harrison. and, And here comes the sun. So that brings up the prospect of dating And going out in public and meeting people or maybe even meeting in flesh the person that you have been Zooming with during quarantine. If you have been quarantining, a lot of us have. um, Like, it's very nice getting to quarantine with the person that I already choose. But I was thinking about what's it going to be like going out there now? I've been hearing from friends who are extroverts, who are feeling a little hesitant about going out in public just because for so long they've they've been cloistered at home. And I think it's going to take a little bit of adjustment. I think in a way for dating, for dating new people, going slowly is a good thing anyway. Um, and so I kind of wanted to talk with Devin about, uh, you know, this this starting dating process, because you're talking to people who are doing that right now. And so as a woman, and even married to a man now for, oh, my God, next month is our seventh anniversary.
2: No, I think it's all right.
1: Uh, what year is it? We got married in the 2014 and this I is yeah <laughs> um, yeah we're great at numbers uh, and tomorrow is the 6th anniversary of our move to this house in Long Beach um, so lots of anniversaries happening but for those who are just kind of starting the process I and I think I was saying even being with Devin now for since almost 9 years uh men are still mysterious to me. I I love hearing Devin give guys advice. I have no idea what's going on, who they are, what they say, but I can sometimes when I'm just passing by.
2: Right, with the with a glass in her hand and her ear pressed to the Well, door.
1: because it was an empty glass and I was on my way to the kitchen, I'm sure. Uh, I like to hear what you say to men. And so, well, (laughs) this wasn't where I was going to start. But so I heard you talking to a guy saying something along the lines of, well, she's not girlfriend material. And that made me really curious. What do men consider girlfriend material? Because. You know, full disclosure, I, a lot of guys and guys that I thought were cute or I was interested in did not consider me girlfriend material, which doesn't mean that I wasn't girlfriend material. I wasn't their girlfriend material. I was your girlfriend material. So what makes, what makes a woman girlfriend material? Devin?
2: Um, well, not the girl that I was talking to a friend about,
1: Uh-huh.
2: um, You know, I think, you know, I'm going to give some real vague sort of general ideas. And and the problem that he's having is that uh, her primary focus is to collect lots of men friends. And it's not seeming that. It's not like he's seeing that because that's what he's seeing. It's that that's kind of what she states. Oh, I prefer the company of men. I want to hang around with men. And it's ultimately... Uh, making my friend very uncomfortable, and yes, he was cooped up, and yes, she's attractive, and yes, to all those things, and really, most importantly, like there's nothing wrong inherently with a woman who wants lots of guy friends. It's not for everybody, but for him, it made him it made him feel uncomfortable, uh, and moreover, he found himself behaving in what in his way behaving in ways that he felt was inauthentic to himself. And I think that's part of the thing. In other words, what is it What is it about the woman that you're looking to be with, right? And this is, so I'm taking the long way around to getting to what is dateable versus what is not dateable. What I would argue is, is it's one of those things, you know that there's something wrong when you know there's something wrong. Like you know that there's a thing that's wrong. Uh, you're not behaving in a way that, that is in accordance to your own wellness. And I'm not talking about where you're making an incremental change. All of a sudden you're just like, Oh my God, I have to do everything in my power to please her. And I need to do it right now. Like I'm, I'm flipping out. If I don't, that's not a good sign. It's not. No, it's a terrible (laughs) sign. It's a terrible sign. Um, and it's not necessarily necessary that the woman is doing something per se it's that there's this combination, right? In other words, there's me, there's you, and then there's the us thing. And if the us thing was only making me crazy, where that's what I'm thinking about, and the only thing I can do is try to fix it or to, to do more, or whatever, and it's never good enough, then there's something you have to start looking at. Well, what's what's about, what is it about the dynamic of the relationship Uh, moreover, you know, part of this conversation was, well, you know, um, you know, I pick this kind of a woman quite frequently and, you know, at some point it's like, okay, well, so what are you learning from it? What are you learning from it? In other words, if you're picking somebody that you know is really not a good match for you and you keep picking them, then it's it's certainly not the problem of the woman. Right? Maybe that, and I did, in, in my humble opinion, this particular, this woman in particular, I felt from hearing his side was, yeah, it sounds like she needs to, she needs to do a little bit more cooking on herself and and self exploration.
1: Well, when you say she wants to have a lot of male friends um does that mean that she doesn't actually want to be a girlfriend by friends is that like friends or is that she wants to date a bunch of guys
2: well all all i can listen you know i'm talking about a hypothetical person because i don't know the person Mm -hmm. right so all i can do is kind of sort of it's a little bit of a guessing game to kind of decide where she's at but if i were to hazard to guess Uh, It sounds like that she's gone through some fairly significant life changes, and it sounds like she's getting validation from men, which is its own kettle of fish right? It wouldn't be the first time in the world that a woman sought out the company of a man in order to build her own self-esteem. And by the way, this is absolutely true and the opposite, that a guy would go out into the world looking for women to help validate themselves. And
1: that becomes dangerous when like, the relationship is having a challenge because then the tendency is instead of okay, we're in it, it sucks, we're going to work it out, and we're going to get closer together by working through the rough spot, um, she can then complain about her guy to other guy friends who will be all too happy to comfort her, and that can really be dangerous. Oh, yeah, no, no, this
2: is not, like, what's getting back to what is dateable and what's not dateable, if you get a sense that the person you're dating is really looking for validation, Mm -hmm. That's not a sign that this is a dateable person. If you're looking for a big, long-term relationship, like if you just want to date and have a great time and have booty calls and stuff like that, that I think you can work that out. But I would also suggest that uh, you're probably, if somebody's looking to get validation from somebody else, there's something that's happening within them that is not validating themselves. Do you know what I mean? In other words, yeah. their own their own actions aren't validating, so they're looking for an external force to help fix them, and that may be fine as a temporary thing. But in terms of a, you know, like uh, I want to take her home to to mom, it's probably not, you know, it's probably not the right timing. You know, it sounds well, like that person needs some growing up to do, which is okay. Well, what's interesting
1: to me is that so for me as The woman in the room, not like maybe not a fair representation of every woman. But from my experience, uh, what I was, you know, I think my main two criteria were that I feel he's safe. So I can trust him. I can trust him with my heart. I can trust him physically to not harm me. Um, that, that's, uh, that, that he's a man of his word, that he is trustworthy, that I can respect him. All of that falls under safety is like one must have, uh, and then the other is I have to find him attractive. You know, you have to have both. Um, and it sounds that it's not that different from what you're saying in your guy criteria.
2: Well, I think the criteria is always sort of similar, right? In other words, we want to find somebody who's going to make us feel safe and supported, and gives us the butterflies and all those positive things. But at the same time, isn't creating a certain you're kind sure of that emotional is just gas? Well, it could be gas. Yeah. If it's me, it's probably <laughs> gas. But if it's but if you're getting sort of like that negative charge, if it be, starts becoming about the drama of these things to make it all work. If it's sort of like, uh, you know, they, you know, going back to Ed Sullivan, so I'm dating myself completely, but they used to have plate spinners, people that spin plates on a long wooden pole and they, they don't do that stuff anymore, or at least you don't see it. But so they'd spin these plates. It'd be 25 plates on 25 long poles and each plate would be teetering and tottering and the guy would be running around spinning all the plates. Right. So they kept staying up, which was certainly an impressive site when, you know, before technology. Um, and so I think what ends up happening is the more turmoil that you are, you know, that you're either feeding off of or being subject to isn't sort of like the long lasting thing. In other words, if the relationship isn't, doesn't have a measure of what's the solution here, then what is it that you're getting? Is it that you're just like feeding on the drama? I think I think people love that thing. That's why soap operas have been popular. Do you know what I mean? That's why we especially love-
1: your telenovelas. Oh my god,
2: telenovelas! No, no question. So,
1: so if that's happening,
2: then it's probably a sign that it's not something that you're looking for for the big picture kind of love of your life. Now, the guy that I was talking to is a, is a young guy. You know, I don't. I don't. You know, I I don't think he's in settled down mode. But at the same time, I think at some point he's progressing towards that. And so it's important to start thinking about who are you connecting with, right? Because I said to him, I said, "Listen, I've been there. She's probably a babe," is what I said. And he's like, "Oh yeah, she's you know, she's smoking," which is great. This is great. He's attracted to her. That's wonderful. They're attracted to each other. But to his credit, he said, "Well, I had to, I had to, I had to let it go. I had to let it go. Um, which, to me, when I hear stuff like that, that's sort of like that's a good thing because I think you know he had only been with her for a couple of months, and so what it suggests is that he is moving forward in his life. He's evolving uh, because in past times he would have been with her, sort of like he would have just kept going until they despised each other." and that's not what was happening now it was just he was realizing and playing it out in his mind that that the timing wasn't right for them and that she's not ready to be in the kind of relationship that he wants to be in even if it's just casual dating
1: that's mature know.
2: yeah no it's a good it's a good sign it's a good sign and i think that's but, um, you know, but but again, if, if he wasn't there yet, that just doesn't mean he needs to go through the process. And maybe he needs to, while you're spinning all the plates in the middle of the drama, some of those plates have to hit the floor and smash into a million pieces. And it's uncomfortable.
1: That's why we're glad to be middle-aged. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, when you and I were dating, I remember this because I was so touched by your honesty. I think we were kissing was date two or three, and you said something to the effect that, yes, you were trying to sleep with me, but thank you for for the candor, uh, but that you were 45 years old and you just didn't want to chase girls, like uh, that you wanted a serious monogamous relationship. When did, when did you shift from being the guy who wanted to date everything under the sun to it was just too much work? Um,
2: yeah. I don't know. The answer is I, I don't have a, a clear – there. you know, I, I think there are certain times where we have these seminal moments in life where it's like this thing happened and now I know. Um, I, I don't think that was the case. I think I was probably just – you know, probably just saying – those words at the time and I was being honest for mm-hmm. sure. Um but I you know without question about, good. I,
1: I don't want our relationship to be based on a lie. Right. No, but, but at the same time <laughs> to
2: it. I'm not a um, you know I wasn't a saint. So I was being honest and I was being upfront with you. Um but I don't know if there was some sort of like I don't know if that was the kind of thing where it was I, I think I was just thinking about it. It was like I wasn't looking to date ten people at a time. It's work and it's expensive. It is. It's just like taking a bunch of people out on dates, spending money all the time. It's just, it's just work and time and energy. And, you know, I think the older I was getting, the less, the less I had to just sort of like, let's just keep going. Like I had right around that time dated a bunch of different women and they were all, you know, like maybe it was one date, maybe it was four dates, maybe it was five dates. But it was all sort of like more short term because I think I started figuring out earlier and earlier as well, to their credit, uh, the women I was dating was figuring it out earlier and earlier. it's like, ah, oh, this is not quite the thing. This isn't the thing. Like the women that I was dating were looking for, they were looking for a long term committed relationship. And I was too. I don't know if I phrased it like that, but that's really what I was after so I was less um, entertained by the idea of just like, well, how many, how many women can I fill on my dance card, right? And so that goes to what I was talking about earlier, about looking for some sort of an external validation, mm-hmm. right? In other words, look at me, I'm filling up my dance card, I'm dating, dating five women one night for every week, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, that I could look well, look, look at my calendar. I'm a rock star. How cool am I? And so that, on some level, fills uh, you know, there's a little bravado. Ooh, look at me, and I've done that. But the big picture thing is that's not what the goal was. Goal was not this this thing to give me an ad boy moment. It was much more like, okay, what's the bigger picture? here?
1: So. As the world is waking up and we're looking at getting to meet in person safely for the first time in a long time, more people getting vaccinated, more people, you know, just getting out of the house. We're seeing that coming um, safely. Maybe you've, you know, been corresponding for a long time uh, and maybe you're just feeling the energy shift because I also feel like there's, you know, an energy shift Around It's what I'm hearing. Uh, So people are going to start going out. And if you're listening, we would love you to call in and tell us where you are in this spectrum of in a relationship, wanting to get into a relationship, you know, starting to socialize again. The number is 888-627-6008. We want to find out what's cooking in your love life. And if you have any questions about the mysteries of the opposite sex, because even living with one, they're not us or your own sex. It really doesn't matter. Humans are humans. Quirky as we are, the number is eight 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 six two seven six zero zero eight, And our producer will be standing by to take calls. And in the meanwhile, we're going to be talking about this thing called dating. So I'm still curious about guys. So when you have a guy that you're working with call you and he's starting to like somebody, what do you say to him?
2: Uh, I mean, it's such a big question because most of the stuff that we discuss is... It's individual,
1: mm-hmm. right?
2: It's not merely like a one-size-fits-all kind of situation.
1: I think we forgot to lock up the cats.
2: Yeah, no. <laughs> right. We have a cat that's just upset and annoyed. And, uh, Your cat. No, that's not. Mine's really? right there.
1: Oh. oh my Mine's goodness. right there. It's mine. Nothing. That's right.
2: <laughs> just to be clear.
1: Oh separation anxiety he's, he's such a failure as a feral cat
2: He's a failure as a cat
1: No he's a wonderful cat oh, He's
2: adorable what, what, what were we talking about Before <laughs> we were interrupted By a house cat
1: By the way that you had two cats Was a very good sign Because I knew that you were cat friendly yeah. So yeah So what do you what do you tell a guy oh, Who calls yeah. you and I mean, oh my god I really like this person
2: I honestly, I said, well, what do you like about them? I start with that because there should be, there should be, you know, I mean, sometimes I think lists are overly simplistic, but lists are also an easy way to kind of articulate what's the thing, right? What's the, what's the thing, what's happening here, right? Sure. She's, she's cute or she's whatever, right? Here's the list of the thing. She's kind, she's funny. She's got a good sense of humor, right? So, so, we get those words out, but you know, if, if you start pushing somebody, you start getting at, at bigger ideas, right? We can all say that, Oh, what do you like? Oh, I like tall, dark, and handsome. Great. Tall, dark, and handsome is great. Yeah. I'm not tall. To me you are. Okay. Well, for you. (laughs) So that's a special, you know, again, this is where we start getting into who people are. So um, yeah, no, I'm not tall. So that said, and the, and the handsome thing really is like lighting. Sometimes I just the lighting it has to be right. So anyway, so what was I saying about this? Well,
1: what does he like about her? And then what he does he dig like? So, bit, so we get the bit. bigger ideas. You
2: get the bigger ideas. In other words, oh, she listens to me. She supports my goals and visions. Uh, I think she's on my team. I think she wants my well-being. Uh, I think she's. I think she's cooked. So to speak. In other words, she's already gone through the trials and tribulations of life a little bit, and has kind of moved into a sense of understanding of who she is, and self awareness as well as self acceptance. And uh, she's accepting things as they are. Like those are all sort of like deeper level stuff. And so when somebody says to me, you know, I'm talking to 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 a you know a client or something, and the guy starts talking about uh those sorts of issues it tells me two things tells me one that the person that he's picking is actually you know like on the right course yes and this is upsetting to the cat who has none of these qualities and then it's also telling me that the guy is starting to pay attention to these deeper level things which is important You know what I mean? In other words, they're starting, they're starting to think in terms of what does a real relationship look like versus she's just really attractive, right? And there's nothing wrong with being attractive. It's not, it's nothing wrong with being attracted to people who are attractive. But if that's all that there is within the, in the relationship, if that's all you can kind of point at and look to, then there's probably more work to be done. It doesn't mean that ultimately that person couldn't be a great partner, but it just means that the relationship needs to hit deeper levels before it can be taken more seriously. So I start, I start with that. Um, I talk about uh, what is it that they want from the relationship or what do they think they can get uh, from the relationship as well as what do they think they can give to the relationship. In other words, great. In other words, you've got terrific. You've got tall, dark, and handsome. Wonderful. Big thumbs up. We love that. So what are you going to do in order to keep tall, dark, and handsome happy within the relationship? Because it isn't, right? You're getting a tall, dark, and handsome. Great. We love that. What are you going to be providing so that tall, dark, and handsome feels loved, supported, needed, appreciated? all those kinds of things so that they can have a, a meaningful long-term relationship.
1: well, I, I think just to even answer that, uh, reveals a lot about whether the person male or female is just kind of in it for the druggy erotic excitement and the attention and, uh, you know all this superficial stuff you know how he makes me feel he likes me he and and then everybody is so smart and cute when you're like under the drugs of, of crushing on somebody and it's when you start to really find out who the person is and you find out the values i think it's it feels different from my experience of a woman cuz i was um I think way, way, way too willing to be his cheerleader and and kind of mold myself to be what he needed. And and I always like those deep conversations anyway. Uh, and I, I think I was just too willing to commit to potential over what the person really, really was. And and loving potential is not really love. And what I like about what has been created with quarantine is the slower pace of getting to know somebody instead of cute and, oh, my God, and he's paying attention to me and he likes me and just, like, going off on that insane hormonal... Funhouse ride is uh, it really creates an opportunity to get to know the human being more slowly, especially for women. Um, there's a lot of value to going slowly because things like gazing into each other's eyes and hugging each other. And then when you get to orgasm, holy hell, you know, that I think it's oxytocin just, dumps into our bloodstream and it's magnified by our estrogen and and our critical thinking capacity is just like gone to Bermuda and and will get back to us someday in 18 months to two years so getting to know the person slowly and and finding compatibility more slowly uh, I think, Gives you a safer landing place for when the when you add the hormonal cocktail mix. If that makes any sense, uh, I think we as women just have to know that about ourselves and be careful. And it's not any kind of religious, judgy, sex is like immoral kind of perspective. I'm just like from just choosing compatibility. I think for women, it helps us go slower. Men have a different experience because when they're with us, their testosterone mitigates, diminishes the oxytocin and the mer- the bonding in their bloodstream, especially after sex. So we're like, we're designed to want to glom on to who it is, even if we don't like him. And he doesn't have that experience. He has more of it in the pursuit of us. So we just wanna like take advantage of social distancing and and go slow and check for values compatibility and dreams. Like do our does what our lives are gonna look like, our dreams for life, do they look similar? Some people don't like to travel. Really, really, really. Um I wanted a traveler. I got a traveler. Uh, it would have been really sad if either one of us paired up with somebody who didn't love to travel uh, and probably fewer weddings. So go slow. Oh, there's the cat, the separation anxiety cat. and um, And then make your own rules now that I've given you. A shopping
2: list of rules um, yeah it's a lot of
1: rules sorry
2: no was, I mean it's it's fine I see I don't think I think the pandemic has has been a long opportunity for be, for people to be self-reflective
1: mm-hmm.
2: but that doesn't mean that's what they did.
1: Did anyway, they binge watch Netflix instead?
2: I no, I think people did what they did. I think some people, you know, locked down. Some other people didn't. Yeah. Uh, and I think some people looked at this as like, wow, we have these social issues and, and things that we need to focus our attention on. And other people didn't. Some people did what they did. And I don't know what's right or wrong. I think it would be easy to say, well, but you should have. I don't know what they should have done. I think people get to go out and have their lives. And mm-hmm. I think there's, you know, I've spoken I've spoken to some guys who are just like, I'm dating. And they found women who were like, uh, meet me in person. I'm not worried about a mask. I'm going to go out. We're going to go do whatever. Right. We're going to go have an ice cream cone. Right. And uh, it's not, it's, you know, I think everybody's sort of like on their own personal journey. Um, I think self-reflection saves us a lot of grief you know i think it's a lot of grief but some what if what if you were you weren't ready but the pandemic showed up
1: not ready for what
2: any of it they're not ready for the social introspection right because they're young or they didn't care or whatever I'm just saying my my point is stuff
1: happens whether you're ready or not. Oh, I'm in agreement
2: with that. Even for that doesn't mean you have to go along with it.
1: And I I know people who don't believe in it, who are going to super spreader events and
2: Yeah, but that's I'm not worried about that part. I'm just saying people are where they're at at any given time. And sometimes they're dating. Sometimes well, they're the not. Point is
1: everybody is having their own experience and their own belief system and their own response to what's going on. But I, I don't think anybody. Ugh, we have to remember to lock up the cats in the future. Um,
2: I don't know if this—it's not my cat. My cat's there
1: sleeping.
2: <laughs> with that finger okay. He's over there, He's yeah. right there, so, sleeping.
1: Um, the thing, though, is things have changed. You know, no matter how you responded to it, I was just talking to a friend in in Northern California and all of her hangouts, her favorite restaurants, her favorite bars, her nail salon, just her Mm -hmm. daily rituals before the pandemic. She's like going out now that she's vaccinated to see maybe she'll get her nails done or get a get a massage or have a drink or, or go eat. And they're all closed. And that's. That's really, really hard. It's been just a lot of endings. It feels like just a huge transition. And I just always think that where there's death, there's new life too. And we just have to look for the new life. And the things that may look dead may come back. That's, you know, what did I learn during my pandemic vacation? I learned how to garden. And I learned that things can make an extremely convincing show of being dead and then come back to life. Like not dead people, obviously, but areas of our life that looked like they went underground and, and things that we love that, that may appear to not be flourishing or present. Things, new life comes up. And that's what I'm really looking forward to now. That's why we're talking about dating because I think that that's going to wake up. I was I just before the show came across um, an article, someone talking about believing that that the end of the pandemic is hearkening like this this new period of eros of just like wanting to touch, wanting to have physical presence, and I I do believe that's true. I I know that when Cultures, when societies are, are in crisis, uh, you know, maybe it's something in our DNA and our, our evolution that we that humans want to procreate. When we had the economic crash in 2008, people were turning to dating, like the dating apps and the dating coaches and the matchmakers were seeing a boom year like they'd never seen before. Because when people are feeling insecure, they want to pair up and we want to we want to it, Feel life. We want to feel the security of love and we want to celebrate life, especially when when life is precious and we see how fleeting it is, we we want to celebrate life and what better way is there than kissing and, and rubbing bodies and making love and falling in love. And I think that you know that's that's what's calling now, or calling soon. So Devin, what would
2: what would be your advice going out there? It depends what somebody wants. You know what I mean? Like what's what's somebody's goal? I mean, there's just people in the there's people right now who are just really looking probably to have a great time. Mm-hmm. They're not looking for yeah, they're not looking for a long term romantic partner. And my suggestion is have a great time. Be safe. Find somebody who's like minded and enjoy yourself. For somebody who's looking for, uh, you know, a long term relationship, I don't think things have changed. I think, you know, I mean, this has been uh, uh, I think this has been an incredibly difficult and trying time for the vast majority of people. And I think, you know, the big picture stuff doesn't really change. If you're looking for a relationship, you can find it, without question. Um, I think you have to put yourself out there unless you're in a position where you're just meeting new people all the time. And there's a million and one ways, a million and one stories. Like, I, I, you know, one of the things that I always do is I always ask people, how did they meet? Because I'm curious, like, I want to know. I don't think I asked it today, Um, but I want to know, how did you meet? Like, and it's always some sort of an amazing, uh, you know, it's an amazing thing that was like, you know, frequently defying odds. Uh, where somebody just meets a, you know, it's sort of like a thing from across a crowded room. Sometimes it's that. Sometimes it's somebody getting fixed up by their grandmother. And that works too. And I think all of it is, I think it has a lot to do with sort of uh, a measure of readiness and self awareness. And sometimes it's none of those things. I think it's really important when you grow that you have those kinds of things, because then you start having the capacity to learn from your mistakes. Um, but we're going to make mistakes anyway.
1: I'm just thinking when people asked you where we met, you said uh, at the website unlovable.com.
2: Did I say that?
1: Yeah, it was a joke.
2: Was the timing good?
1: <laughs> it's always good.
2: Oh, okay. So that sounds hilarious. Yeah,
1: okay. Um, yeah, no, we did. We met on a dating app. Not called unlovable.com, but I thought that was funny. Um Yeah, I think that if you are looking to just have a great time, have a great time, and also pick people who just want to have a great time. And if you're dating to find a long-term relationship, and it took me such a long time to figure this out until I was middle-aged. Some people just seem to understand this decades earlier. Uh, But I learned to enjoy dating without attachment and that's that's a huge thing uh, I made a decision at some point it occurred to me to not take it personally and that nobody could really reject me nobody could know me well enough to reject you know me at a like deep level based on one date they could totally determine that we weren't a match and that's Fine because that frees them up for their match and it frees me up for my match. They can decide that they don't like the way I talk or dress or look or any of that kind of stuff. And that's, but that's not me. That's just their taste. Uh, And when I took that away, that relaxed me a lot. I also discovered that when I was with somebody that I felt safe with, Or maybe I should back that up. If I was talking too much, laughing too much, doing any of those kind of nervous things to try to appear okay or fun or life of the party or whatever I thought I was supposed to be on a date, if I was doing any of that, that was a sign to me that the person I was with was not my person. That I didn't feel safe enough in this person's presence for whatever reason, but I also really trust it. That for whatever reason, this person was not my person and I didn't feel safe. And it wasn't that I am inherently a blabby, chattermouth, laughaholic. It's that I wasn't feeling safe to be myself with that person. And that, so that is not my match. Um, One of the things that I really noticed when I had my first date with Devin was that I did not feel any need, any impulse whatsoever to impress him. And it wasn't that I didn't find him attractive or I didn't respect him. I actually thought he was really cute and I really liked our conversation. I just felt comfortable and that went in the plus column. So especially women, because I think we're very often sensitive to things, undercurrents that we may not consciously know what they are. Uh, If you are not being yourself, if you're not relaxed, if you're feeling judged or worried about being judged, then just let it go. That's not your person. And I hear, you know, I think we heard this in the conversation earlier today, uh, when when we were talking to a guy, what made his wife different? And it wasn't that she had any magical power or it actually is really cute and we'll save that for that episode. But in the end, he said something about to the point of being with her made him a better man. And I think that's ultimately... The purpose of love and of pairing and of relationship and of committing is that even though we drive each other crazy and I bring four noisy cats to the relationship.
2: By the way, if you're on, if you're listening to this, I'm shaking my head like in disdain
1: over cats. Oh my god! Please go on. This cat is having a, a an, an absolute meltdown, poor thing. Um, I don't know why he's so upset, but uh, that even when we make each other crazy, and that that we still make each other better maybe just by working through it, just by tolerating the stuff that challenges us. Uh, I think, you know, we're together because we, we want to be what the other person needs. We want to be better people. There are things about Devin that really drive me Crazy or challenge me or threaten me, not physically, but just um, that are a real edge for me. But I also think that it's an opportunity for me, and that's that's how I frame it because that's a more useful way to look at the rough edges that um, I didn't expect. Devin, what, what would you like to say?
2: Um, about what you just
1: said? No, it's just about this whole topic. Oh, I mean, you know, listen, I think
2: dating can be fun. I think a lot of a lot of the things, like, a lot of the things that we're talking about, to me, anyway, are, you know, like, have fun. Enjoy yourself. Like, this is a serious topic, but it doesn't have to be a serious Part of your life. I'm dating now, and I'm feeling stress. I don't think that's what the goal is. I think you married
1: Eeyore, my love.
2: I. You know what? <laughs> yeah, no, I totally see that. Um, it is, you know, like dating can just be fun. Like it isn't this, uh, you know, pining away trying to find the perfect person. Because I think when you do that, I think you put too much pressure on yourself. And the other person, right? Because we're waiting. Oh, well, then here's my list. And they're not ticking all the boxes. So they're out. I have to get rid of them quickly, post haste. And I don't think that's the way we can view this. I think meeting a new person is fun because it's a blank slate. You don't know anything about them. Ask questions. Uh, they don't know anything about you. With any luck, they'll be interested in you, and they will ask questions of you. And then you'll have a dialogue. And with any luck, during the searching and question answering process, you'll find things that uh, become like, "Wow, we we have so much in common." Right? I mean, I think that's kind of what the piece is. I mean,
1: and if they're awful, you have a great story.
2: Oh yeah, no, I've had some great stories, and I also think that you know, again. To me, it's like uh, a a friend of mine says this quite a bit, a slight shift in perception leads to great change. And that's what it is. I mean, I think if you have a particular mindset of who it is that your ideal person is, uh, get rid of that. That, that, There's a piece of advice, Mm -hmm. is give somebody an opportunity because maybe the checkbox that you have is the wrong checkbox for you. Maybe there's a series of things you haven't thought about that would actually bring light and harmony and wonder into your life that you didn't know was there. Mm. And I think it's a really important piece to kind of like, you know, if, if something is just filling you with dread, start looking at it where you can kind of perhaps reimagine this the the thing and perhaps a better light. You know, I kind of, I could, it would be very easy for me to look at the last year and go uh wow it was just a drag and trust me parts of it were just a drag and my own shift is that this was a this was a series of opportunities to learn and grow and laugh about because um, we did you know I have I have a group of guys that you know that I get around and we talk about stuff and uh, as bleak as things can be it's you know, you find little pockets of like, oh, this is this thing I learned about myself. And this is how I was capable of growing. Like one of the things that I've learned is that I really don't like cats.
1: <laughs> Stop. Really? <laughs> oh, my God. Where did you find
2: this cat?
1: In my I, backyard. Oh,
2: that's not a place. That should not be a place of of cat finding. You're
1: like petting him when he's napping.
2: Oh.
1: He just woke up for this.
2: A lot like, and wants every, everybody <laughs> so to know,
1: happy,
2: yeah. everybody that's nearby, that he's <laughs> awake and is having some sort of a thing happen. Like, if I, could, <laughs> if I could give this cat a larger brain, I would say, whatever it is that you're feeling, cat, slight shift in perception. You could take all of your sadness and discord and reframe it. That you have a house that's warm and has really in a bottomless cat bowl of food and water. It's amazing.
1: Blankets.
2: Blankets to curl up in. Cats this to cat. Play with. The problem is the cat doesn't know that it has it really really good. Yeah. And the cat can't get over not telling of all of the confusion and discord that this cat was experiencing. But now it's stopped. So probably <laughs> he's
1: probably embarrassed, right?
2: He's embarrassed now that I've dressed him down on on uh, um, national television, you're
1: right? That'll that'll teach you, cat. That'll
2: teach the cat. Next time I'll give him, you know. Yeah, I'll have more to say. About Off my cat. lawn, you kid. Right.
1: Uh, as far as anybody like doing pandemic well. You were super productive. You wrote a book. You've recorded a dozen songs.
2: At least, yeah.
1: Yeah. So stop complaining.
2: Sourfuss. I, Sour no, fuss. I'm, I actually think life, no, I actually yeah. think life for the most part is pretty great. Yeah. I think it's, it is a series of opportunities. Uh, for me, uh, that's what I needed to do. I'm like, again, but my choices aren't for everybody. But what I thought was important was I had to kind of look at that slight shift in perception. All right, so I can't go out and do the kinds of things I might normally want to do. So what can I do to change that? Oh, I know. I'll start looking at the world a little bit different, start getting productive, start doing things that I might not normally would have done, which, you know, for me is equated to, you know, I'm deep into the second draft of a book. And so I, I had to start really scheduling more writing time. And then I had to also say, you know what, this is a really good time to start checking in on family more often, which I've done. Um, I've also, you know, started writing and recording music, which was its own sort of absurd yet ironic project that brought me considerable joy. Right. And so, I mean, I think there's this, you know, this pandemic for a lot of people was just a drag, but I also think it was probably a very productive time for uh, a lot of other people to say, okay, well, maybe this is the time to learn a language and maybe this is the time to write that screenplay. And I think probably what we're going to see is when, as things start becoming more normal, which I think they will, I think we're going to see an explosion of art. Mm. And I think that's going to be a great thing because all those, all those songs that people like myself uh, have been working on in their attic or in their garage or, you know, in some weird little room like me, um, are going to start putting it out into the universe in, in ways. And I think, you know, uh, as, as we start getting back to normal, I think production companies are going to sp- crop up all over the place and start performing great works. You know, uh, my kid is, uh, a performing artist. That's what she does. And so it's been a particular sort of like, oh, that's, that was a drag. And she she did the right thing. I think she started shifting about, okay, well, I can't do this thing, but I can do this other thing. And so she's kind of shifted gears, and I think that's going well for her. And I think it's important because sometimes, you know, it's like, well, yes, I want to be, be able to be the captain of industry, right? Mm-hmm. I, wanna, I, wanna, I want it to rain buckets of cash. Well, sometimes, our, sometimes we get the buckets of cash raining, and other times we don't. So what happens when there's a plan B? Well, we should start by having one, right? Have our plan B and start attacking it and going after it.
1: Well, I think that the last year was very heavy on what is that weird flickering light? Yeah. Ugh. There we um, go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the last year was like very, very heavy on the crazy part of the crazy, sexy midlife love equation. I think we're going to move into a lot more of the sexy as the year advances. I hope so. Yeah. 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 Traveling beaches, like warm tropical waters, and, and getting married and making love in exotic lands.
2: Yeah, that all sounds like a good plan.
1: Are you down for that?
2: Yeah, sign me up. Okay. That would be with you,
1: right? <laughs> I'll have to check my. I, no, card.
2: I, no, I, I have no a choice.
1: Lot, I have a lot of male friends. Uh,
2: yes, I know. I hope they validate you.
1: <laughs>
2: that is one of the serious goals there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'll what else? else we we'll need to do. We'll
1: pencil you in.
2: Yeah. So we have. Uh, so we've got some new people coming in. We have some new interviews coming up, mm-hmm. which is going to be fun. Uh, we are still getting prepared for travel. I think that may be a June thing. If all goes well, across we'll our it coincide
1: with your birthday?
2: Coincide, well, another, another year. What
1: is, what is 55 signifying in Gematria?
2: Uh, in Gematria? Oh, I don't know off the top of my head.
1: I married you because you're a Gematria computer.
2: No, but I'm not. I'm not.
1: Well, you've, you've.
2: I mean, we could say. Pull the say, wool over
1: my eyes. Go no, ahead.
2: No, I mean, it's, that's. So gematria is sort of like the numerology of the Hebrew language or of the of the of the uh, the language of the Bible, right? Sort of ancient Hebrew and Aramaic, and they're both sort of the same uh, letter structure, um, although slightly different language. And uh, each one of the letters equates to a numerical value, Uh, and uh, so what that means is every single word in the Bible uh, is also has a numerical equivalent to it, uh, and so a, a lot of people have spent not a lot of people, but there's been a fair share of people that have been really uh, capable of of putting it all together and seeing how these numbers equate. So the Morgana says, "Oh, fifty-five. What does that mean? Um, you know, she's really talking about." Uh, you know, well, what does that mean? You know, in, in other words, are there are there certain words that total fifty five? And I can't think of any fifty fives off of the top of my head. Uh, it's the numerical value of noon and hay. Hay's uh, equivalent to the number five and signifies life as breath and and all kinds of five things like. Uh, um, sort of like an equal arms pentagram, which is sort of like the spiral of life. It gets into yeah. a very
1: Speaking heady of topics numbers. I and, think we have about 30 seconds. Right.
2: So we didn't so we ran out of time in my desperate. This as is I asked the most
1: interesting thing.
2: Right. I will look up 55
1: And we'll 100%. get back to yeah, we'll get back to you and on explain that.
2: Explain what 55 is.
1: So this is crazy sexy midlife love. A little heavy on the crazy, moving into more sexy as the year goes on. And we have some guests next week who will blow your socks off, just like pure poetry and inspiration and they are adorable and wise and fun so join us next week on crazy sexy midlife love 5 p.m pacific time every week and go to crazy and download devin's ebook women are smarter than men and other secrets marriage-minded pe- women need to know and join our Crazy Sexy Midlife Love family, and we will see you next week. Mwah.
0: Thank you for listening to Crazy Sexy Midlife Love. Please sign up to join our free love family at crazysexymidlifelove.com. To get alerts to live shows, call in and ask questions, or just listen in. And, ladies, don't forget to download Devin's free ebook Women Are Smarter Than Men and Other Secrets Marriage Minded Women Need to Know. Also available at crazysexymidlifelove.com.